have much to be thankful for, and even as we look at some of this stuff, I know that my time is short. I'm going to try to get everything in in 20 minutes or so, but uh, we have much to be thankful for, and there's a reason for us to do this today. Uh, what are you thankful for this morning? You don't have to answer because I already gave you the opportunity to do so. Uh, some of us, we might say a long life, a great family. We just saw a family rejoicing over that. Good health. The availability of great medical care and personnel, friends, the list could go on and on of all the things that we would likely be grateful for. But each of us would probably have different things on that list. For me, I would include my family, my church, probably my health. I'm not great at any sport, but I am able to participate in most any sport and activity. I'll add one more thing. I'm also grateful for the opportunities that I have to serve, whether it be on a college campus, coaching kids here at the church, investing in the lives of local police officers. It is a blessing to know that my life can make a difference, and my hope is that each of us can understand the fact that your life does make a difference, although I do wonder sometimes if I'm doing enough with those opportunities. I guess that's a healthy thing to question every once in a while. As I mentioned to the local police department, I do want to just share with you something humorous from this past week. Um, the Clemson police use our facilities to do a lot of their training events, and they invited me to join them a little over a week ago for their defensive tactics training. Uh, none of this was probably new for them, but it was all very new for me. They were going over ways to take down a non-compliant criminal without getting hurt or causing significant injury to the criminal. I think they really enjoyed me playing the role of the criminal um, in this process. No doubt they were more gentle with me than they would with other individuals, but I'd still be okay if I were never handcuffed again. Uh, I think it happened about 20 times on one occasion. Uh, the individual had me on the ground, I was handcuffed, and he said, you know, I don't have any keys. Does anyone have any? And three of them, knowing that I can't respond, throw their keys at me. They know that I can't do anything about it. So but as we prepare for Thanksgiving, we all have much to be thankful for. I have four things that I want you to consider from the scriptures today as you think about your reasons for Thanksgiving. The first is that we ought to be grateful for the things that we would consider blessings in life. James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That means that every good thing that you have been blessed with comes from God. You may think it's because of your hard work or maybe even the generosity of other individuals. But the truth is that everything that you consider good came from God. Your ability to work, the friends and family that you have, everything you have is from Him. I remember doing some mission work in Haiti where the average person lives on less than a dollar a day. We often assume that poverty is the result of laziness, but that's not really true. In their case, each morning, people gather any place where there might be some type of labor, hoping that perhaps they might be asked to do some day labor for that particular day. Hardworking, yes, that's what they are, but often the opportunities are simply not there. 
Do you realize that even your opportunities to work hard are because of God's blessing in your life? I was reading in Psalm 118 this week and saw a great passage on Thanksgiving, although I don't know that we, rare, that we often use it for Thanksgiving. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Think back upon all the times that God has granted you victory in your life. When your family was falling apart, when you were in need of work, when death came to one that you loved. In all these things, God was faithful to provide for you. That is a great reason to give thanks. Consider the great things that God has done for you. It's a great song that I learned years ago. It says, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord today for what he has done. Romans 12.1 calls us to offer our bodies as living sacrifice. That means to willingly give ourselves instead of living for ourselves. But the reason for such a life of sacrifice is found at the beginning of that verse, which says, in view of God's mercy. Amy, you need me to hold him because he was really good when I was holding him. I just wanted to know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the fact is that God has shown us great mercy and grace. So praise him with your life for what he has done for you. But it's easy to praise him in the blessings. We also need to praise him in the suffering. That same passage from Psalm 118 adds another thought in verse 18. It says, the Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Nobody enjoys the chastening process. Nobody enjoys the struggle or correction. But it is often through the chastening that we find strength, and maturity. In this, our struggle can become our blessing. In fact, I was talking with our Wednesday night Bible study group this past week about what we were thankful for. 
And the very first response that I got was, I am thankful for the hard times. That seems a bit odd. It's certainly not what we typically want for ourselves, but it can produce great blessing. That's why James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And Paul adds in Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. The point is that we'll all experience times of suffering and hardship. In the midst of such suffering, we still ought to praise the Lord. For even in these things, God is working on our behalf. And even in these things, he is faithful. Our circumstances do not determine God's goodness. That has already been settled. We will all go through times of difficulty. It does not mean that God ceases to be good and ceases to be faithful. He is always going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And often it is during these times of hardships that we will be most aware of his goodness. Let me suggest one benefit to our suffering. I've seen so many people, and I guess I probably have been in this category as well. But I've seen so many people who will cry out to the Lord in the midst of their struggle. They seek the Lord's presence. They seek his help knowing that he is their best hope in the midst of crisis. It is heartbreaking that so many times we quickly experience what I would call spiritual amnesia, the moment that the crisis passes. Lord, heal my loved one. Get me out of this horrible situation. Fix my marriage. And in the midst of the trial, we attend church, we pray, we read scriptures, we do all the things that we're supposed to do as children of God. Do you know that God wants that same kind of devotion outside of the crisis as well? Crisis and suffering can be a very good thing if it causes us to seek the Lord more intentionally. In these things, we can be changed in a very positive way. I'm not telling you that you should want suffering today or tomorrow. But when it comes, rejoice that God is working on your behalf even in that. That's why in Romans 5, verse 3 through 5, Paul says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Even in suffering, we are to give thanks. Another thing that we are to give thanks for is salvation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we see the church dealing with some very personal attacks. They're dealing with persecution. They're dealing with sacrifice. 
things that were fairly common in the New Testament church and things that maybe we don't even fully comprehend today. The writer encourages them saying, all this, the suffering and the sacrifice, the persecution, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. His purpose here is not to rejoice over the suffering that is apparently taking place. We've already talked about that. We should rejoice over that. But his focus here, his purpose, is to help them see the bigger picture. Although you are suffering and probably don't enjoy going through it, much is being accomplished through your suffering. In fact, other people are hearing the gospel and they are watching your suffering and they are finding a faith that is worth following because of the way that you are handling it. Many of you know that many years ago, actually it will be um, 2002, so 17 years ago next week, my wife and I had a child that died. And as we went through that process, we were pastoring in Colorado at the time. We were very blessed to be surrounded by an amazing church that loved us in ways that we could never have asked for. We're very grateful for that. I remember we had a family in the church that um, they were not a part of the church prior to this experience, but they had heard from some friends that we were going through this, and out of curiosity, they began to attend our church. You see, they had heard about how Christians were supposed to handle situations like that. They had ideas of what we were supposed to act like, the peace of God that's supposed to pass, surpass all understanding. They knew what it was to see, or at least they, they heard, had heard what it would be like for individuals to go through trials and still trust in the Lord in the midst of it. That couple began to attend our church, and for the next three and a half months, they watched as we walked this journey. And this is not to say, hey, look at me and look what happened. But I'm going to tell you, that couple is now attending that church faithfully 17 years later, still serving in the leadership of that church, because they share with us afterwards that they had heard what the church is supposed to do, and they had heard how the body of Christ is supposed to operate they wanted to see it firsthand, and when they did see it, they knew that this must be real. The reality is God can use our suffering, and one of the greatest ways that God will use suffering is to bring people to him. I will tell you, I still wish that things didn't happen the way that it did, but I celebrate the fact that others came to Christ because of what we went through. There's one last aspect of this as we give thanks to salvation. We not only thank the Lord that he could use our suffering to reach others for Christ, but we also rejoice over the salvation that we ourselves have already received. Colossians 1.12 says, And give joyful thanks to the Father. Not just thanks, but give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. 
We ought to be so filled with joy. I talked last week about us reaching a point where we begin to splash out on the people around us. We ought to be so filled with a joyful thanksgiving that the rest of the world can see these are people who are children of God. The salvation that you and I have received is only possible because of Jesus Christ's work on the cross. And because he reached out to us in the midst of our sin, his grace gives us a tremendous reason for thanksgiving. I have one more thing to be thankful for today from this particular, uh, from the, the scriptures. It is the people whom God has blessed us with that we ought to be thankful for. The Apostle Paul often began his letters with expressions of appreciation for the people who have become a part of his life. He says at the beginning of Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see him offering thanksgiving similarly in Colossians 1, 3 through 4, Ephesians 1, 15 through 16, and 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 and 3. Paul had many people to be thankful for. Sometimes it was because of the fruit that he saw in them. It probably confirmed to him that his life was making a difference. Sometimes it was because they were people who were walking alongside him, comforting him, encouraging him, that he wasn't in this alone. The point is that all of us have people that we ought to be thankful for today. Some of us may have more than others, but all of us have people to be thankful for. Who are you thankful for today? I had a pastor I grew up under, Reverend Charles Beach. This guy invested in me and my family more than anyone ever could have invested in us. I can never express my appreciation enough for the impact he had on my life. I remember... I've been serving, actually I was pastoring at that point in Colorado, and I felt led to write him a note, and I sent him a, a letter back then, I don't even know if he ever used email, it's, it's been a while, so maybe not, but I sent him a letter, didn't think anything else of it, and it I simply said thank you. He had pastored at the same church for, I don't know, 25, 30 years, 51 years. A long time. In that time, the church never grew to more than, say, 100 people. 
to my knowledge, there was nobody else who had gone into ministry except for me. And there were times that he had felt like he was a failure because he had not truly made the huge impact that he imagined possible. In the letter that I sent to him, it simply identified things that God was doing, the fact that I'd had the privilege of leading hundreds of people to Christ and even seeing dozens of people pursuing ministry. Then I added this thought. Every piece of fruit that I experience is actually your fruit because it's what you had done for me. I was not in church that next Sunday because I was in Colorado. But he approached my mom with tears in his eyes and he simply said, just tell Mike thanks. You have no idea how much it means to people to hear Maybe there's someone in your life that you need to express your appreciation to today. Maybe you need to simply go to the Lord and say thank you for these individuals. The fact is, some of those individuals that we would give thanks for are no longer with us. Maybe that's an opportunity for us to say, Lord, thank you for the opportunity I did have with these individuals. This Thanksgiving season is a great time for us to give thanks But don't give thanks just for the little things. Take the time to realize there are some really big things for us to give thanks for. Obviously, salvation is at the top of my list. But there are also people in my life that I need to say thank you to. I thank you as a church for the privilege of being a part of something bigger than myself. Thank you for the investment of time that you make not only in the staff of this church, but in this community. You know how many churches would actually have a problem with their pastor being so involved with recreation department stuff, with the police department, all of these different things that I get to do because you care about the community. Thank you for thinking about someone other than just yourself. Thank you for being God's instrument to make a difference in this world. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, but I want to challenge you as we do. Maybe there's someone you need to go and say thanks to today. Maybe you simply need to go to the Lord and say thanks for his faithfulness. Father, as we come before you, we begin by simply saying thank you for the salvation that has come to us. There are good things that we've experienced and there are bad things that we've experienced, but none of it compares to the salvation that has come to each of us. So we simply say thank you. But as we say thank you, what we're really saying is thank you by the way we live our lives. Father, I pray that you would help us to live in appreciation for what you've done. I also pray that you would help us to truly appreciate those who have invested in our lives. Thank you for allowing such individuals to be a part of our lives and the way that they've poured into us. Lord, help us to give thanks continually to you, but also to express it to them. Help us to be the kind of people that they might feel the need to give thanks to us, to live in such a way that we would make a difference in their lives. Father, I pray today that as we go through this week of Thanksgiving, 
that you would give us a heart of thanksgiving that would go far beyond Thursday. Lord, help us to give thanks continually to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe there are individuals you need to go say thanks to today. Go find them and express your appreciation to them. Thank you for being with us and go in peace.